I'm Danielle Laporte, and essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. Like most of my podcasts, these conversations are designed for adults. This one is no exception. In fact, it is particularly adult, so just know that going in. There are copious podcast notes at daniellelaporte.com. You can get links to things I mentioned, to people I mentioned. It's all there for you. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Hello, it's Danielle, and this is, I'm going to say it, it's episode one. Oh, wow. I have, I think I've been planning for this my whole life. I have been avoiding this. <laughs> and now I am, I'm all fucking in for what I want to bring to this podcast. The last podcast I did, the last series called Light Work, I began it with the intention to have just a set amount of episodes. It needed to have a beginning and it really needed to have an end because I didn't know how I was going to feel producing it. I didn't know what the response was going to be. I wanted to leave room for myself and and everybody. And that was over a year ago. So it's all just divine timing. It feels right to make in this way now. Can you hear the dog barking? Uh, let's do a little behind the scenes. I always love to know where people are and what they're wearing. I'm sitting in my living room. It's a rainy day in Vancouver. It's a great place to be a writer because of the rain. It's just a beautiful summer rain. I'm looking at some dahlias that I picked from my garden. Can't believe I say that because I now have a garden. Beautiful candle and some rose tea. And... I've been riding my bike around the city for the last couple of days, really just gearing up to get intimate with you. Let's talk about why we're here. My intention, as in my intention on the planet, is to alleviate suffering and amplify joy, for starters. Took me a while to get that clear on it, but that's it. I'm a seeker. I'm a struggler. I am... A warrior when I have to be, uh, mostly more than ever, I am a lover. These days I've become so much uh, more interested in gentleness, and that's what I mean by loverness. Gentleness being the fruit of one's spiritual work. The more I have experienced, committed to, gone through, been subject subjected to, had to endure, learned, signed up for, the more I've meditated, prayed, worked, written, danced, spoke, the more asanas I have done, the more I have sweat for God, the more I thought I had to be tough, the more I have realized that I'm just getting 
softer with all my seeking. It's leading me to gentleness. And yeah, you can't experience gentleness without experiencing joy. I didn't know, I didn't know they were such close friends, but for me personally, it turns out that they are. Uh, what I want to do here in this conversation, meaning this whole podcast series, albeit one-sided, it's really more of a sermon, is I want to, at least in this episode, lay bare uh, more of who I am and my perspective so that we can find our common ground. So like even if you're driving or in the bath or on your run or in the kitchen, we can be getting to know each other more. Most of what I do is the result of my feelings. I feel a lot. I feel things deeply. I am worried about climate crisis. It's not climate change, by the way. It's a crisis. Climate crisis and our opioid epidemic, morality crisis, crisis of education, I just, I'm in a perpetual state of if, 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 and how, 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 and I'm worried about the shirtless guy who sits out in front of the cinema on Burrard Street in Vancouver, who, it doesn't matter what the temperature is, the dude doesn't wear a shirt. We've tried, I've tried, I've had friends who tried to give him clothing. I'm worried about him. He's not... He's so far gone. Um, he's too crazed to even get help. I worry about a lot. <laughs> I fret if if I'm kind enough, if I'm poetic enough. Was I was that poetic enough? Was that concise enough? Am I making myself accessible enough but still bounded in a healthy way? Am I effective enough? I think about this every day. Did I say something that might hurt someone? In terms of making change and showing up, did I get my point across? I really live to get my point across. Yeah. Have I been effective? Have I done no harm, but have I shook shit up sufficiently? And the list goes on. (laughs) Uh, Because the more you feel at least this is my experience, the more you feel, the longer the list of things you feel about and the deeper you feel. And I I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, What keeps me sane, because really, I'm actually a really good time to hang with. I'm not not in fret mode all the time. I'm in feeling mode all fucking day long. Uh, But I'm really, I don't live in a state of woe. Part of what helps me is I'm committed to serve, but I make stuff out of the pain that I feel. I churn my concern into little bits. Sometimes they're gold and sometimes they're lead, but it's my offerings. And this is what I'm doing right now. And if I didn't have an outlet called service or self-expression or community, then I'd be really fucked up, you know, I'd be really nihilistic. And nihilists have no sense of humor, what's a fucking ever. So, this is for my fellow feelers and sensors and my wide awakers. There's no need to worry. 
we have each other. There are a thousand reasons to be highly concerned. There are a million reasons to be engaged. Uh, We cannot isolate. We have to turn toward each other, toward the feeling, toward what we see. And I think this is what modern love is all about, the towardness. So I'm interested in gentleness. I am interested in joy. Everything I've got to offer right now is about how I navigate my life. Sometimes I feel like, as Joseph Campbell put it, we're actually living in a wasteland. I mean, we hear so much about what Campbell had to say about bliss, but you know what became what came before the bliss? We are living in a wasteland. And there, our job, the calling, is to find the bliss and transform the wasteland into a more blissful place, right? Into paradise. Some days I feel in every cell of my body, without a doubt, clearly that we are living in a paradise. But always, always I know that being here right now, my choice to incarnate is a sacred opportunity to leave this place better than I found it. And in the work we are doing, whether it's how we love our lovers, or it's how we raise our children, or it's talking about glyphosates, or it's 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 trying to get kids out of the internment camps on borders, or it's cleaning up beaches, you seizing, you embracing the opportunity to leave this better than you found it is you expanding your consciousness. It's your soul unfolding in the universe. I'll get into that. (laughs) Back to joy. I'm interested in joy. I'm interested in gentleness, and I'm interested in love. And more specifically with love, I'm interested in removing the blocks to love. So let me give you some Rumi. You'll probably get Rumi every day with me. Some Rumi, some Leonard Cohen, some Freddie Mercury, some Joni Mitchell, some Patti Smith. Rumi here. Your task is not to seek for love but merely to seek to find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. That's it. To me, that makes cosmic sense because love is the true reality. Love is the foundation. Love is the stuff of us. So it's not about finding it. It's not about hunting it. It's not about wrangling it. It's just about removing the blinders to see what's already there. As A Course in Miracles puts it, The Course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for this is beyond what we can be taught. It aims, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. Yeah, removing the blocks to love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. You get it all. You get all that depth and all that sweetness, and all that comfort, and all that joy, and all that gentleness, and all that euphoria and ecstasy just for showing up. And by the way, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's fear. So if 
growth is about a revealing rather than a fixing, then what's pain? I think that pain is compressed illusion. It's a collection. It's a coagulation. It's a clusterfuck of lies. Lies that are the opposite of love. Um, messages that are telling us that we're unworthy, that we're undeserving. Uh, it's the fear that we can be annihilated. You can't annihilate something that's eternal. The soul is eternal, right? So in the reality of love, we're complete, we're safe, we're loved, we're loving. And I think one of our primary functions of being here is to allow ourselves to really be stripped down by the challenges. Not so much so that the challenges and the hardships in our life show us how tough we are, but in a really divine sense, they do show us what we're made of. So it's not about being made of toughness and bravado and suck it upness. It's to see that when the hardships strip us down, when we're broken, uh, that what's revealed is we were really loving and loved to begin with, that we are the stuff of light. And from that love and that light, our resiliency is born. The toughness comes of that, right? What I'm most interested in to bundle us up in terms of love are the qualities of the heart. And I see those to be generosity and joy, inclusion, compassion, and right now my current favorite, gentleness. I also think somewhere in there, there is, I don't have one word for it right now, but it's a kind of devotion. Maybe it's vigilance, but a vigilance, a devotion, a devotedness that's used in the right way, a vigilance for love, a vigilance for truth, a vigilance for the light, right? It's not a vigilance against egocentric opinions. Yeah, I'm all down for the fight for love. And that's it. No fighting anywhere else. Just fight for the one true right thing. Everything else is a waste of our vigilance. It's a wasted fight. This conversation, this whole podcast series is really about spirituality for spiritual grown-ups or people who are aspiring for a kind of spiritual maturity. And by maturity, I would say as you arrive to that seasoned place, can come any time in your life, actually. It's really something that can come in the blink of an eye. It doesn't have anything to do with hours you've logged or with, with timing and sequence. It's really about awareness. But that spiritual maturity is a combination of a tenderness and a vigilance. You know, it's like, you know, men who are so strong and clear and resolute and obvious in their masculinity, in that protective nature, and there's such a tenderness about their masculinity. That is, that's like the fragrance of spiritual maturity. Yeah? This is for those of us who are, 
I don't think there's any monks listening to this right now. If you are, if you're enlightened, welcome. I think most of us listening involved in this conversation were householders. I'm a householder. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mother. I got my own little business empire. I have created a position where I'm really happy with how I can lead. And I want to, and I know you want to, and this is why you're here. I want to give my life to life, my little life, my small self, to the all self, you know? And at the same time, I want to look hot and I want to feel hot. I want to find great love. I want to have fantastic sex. I want to volunteer. I want to inspire. I want to eat clean. I want to live clutter-free. I want to think before I buy anything. I want to make the most of my dollars. I want to be a beautiful boss to the women on my team and the one lucky dude. And I want to be a good time. I want to make my neighbor laugh. And I want to leave everything better than how I found it. So for those of us who believe in the intelligence of love, can I get an amen, whether you're driving or you're in the bath, um, for those of us who are at least open to considering that love could be the supreme intelligence, that maybe the heart could actually be more effectual than logic. Yeah? Welcome. For those of us who are in pain, I think that's all of us. Uh, from the deeply personal to that global, sometimes multidimensional sorrow that you can taste when you wake up, that you feel slimed by when you watch the news, yeah? For those of us, for those of us who are mostly more often in joy than we ever have been before, I'm raising my hand for that one fought for it, and here I am. For those of us who are in that state of joy, we have that joy to offer because we're doing the work of removing the obstacles to it. And we know, we know that joy is our original state. We know, we have proof that pleasure empowers us. Yeah? <laughs> for those of us interested in a true reality and I'm putting a capital true on that and a capital reality. Yeah, we're interested in how it really works. We have a sense. We're put just putting together what it means that we live in a dream, that so much of what we swim in is illusion. For those of us, you know, where our spirituality is a little more rock and roll than it is religious, it's got that that righteous, rebellious streak for all the right reasons. And in a culture, a society, a time where the patriarchal mindset, notice I didn't say the patriarchy, because it's a mindset. And there are a lot of humans who identify as females who are running the patriarchal mindset through their system. But in a society where the patriarchal mindset is dominant, it's actually counterculture to believe that it's the heart that does and should call the shots. It is rock and roll to know that we are going to see it when we first believe it. Yeah. So that's so many of us. Huge numbers. Critical mass. 
For those of us who know that whatever we are doing, wherever we go, we are there to lead. You're leading on the subway when you let someone in front of you. You're leading on the subway when someone cuts in front of you and you send them love. That's leadership. You're leading on the parent council. You're leading with how you lead your voice memos with kindness. You're leading when you don't react in anger to something and you just wait 24 hours before you respond. That's leadership. You are constantly teaching. We're all teaching with how we live. The question is, what are you teaching? For those of us who are aware that we are teaching at all times, I just want to be your cheerleader. I am here to tell you, don't stop speaking. Speak because you are concerned. Speak because you are euphoric. Speak because you are moved, because you are loved, because you are touched. Speak because that you know that your love makes a difference. Speak when you are feeling blessed. Be mindful about how you speak when you are stressed. Yeah, just let ourselves be broken open. I write and I speak as a way of choosing life. Let me break that down for you. By being here, by asking God to help me be a conduit of love, I am choosing life over death. I am choosing to expand instead of contract. I am choosing to wake up and reach for the joyful thought, even though I've gone through periods of time where my first thought was dark and restrictive and depressing and depressed and too attached to the lie of unworthiness and the lie that I had to prove myself that day. Yeah. So I'm just here to use my voice to encourage you to do the same. That when it's hard to trust, you're going to choose faith. That's spiritual warriorship. Spiritual warriorship, uh, the faith of that, is not about being without doubt all the time. It's about feeling doubt and consciously, intentionally choosing towards faith. Faith and doubt are sisters, right? It's the yin and the yang. It's... It's choosing courage when you're scared, right? It's choosing lightness when you're in density. When it's easy to plug your pain with stuff and with lies and with distraction, you're going to choose stillness and awakeness. You're going to choose to pause with courage. Where there is division, you're going to look for common ground. When there is blame... You're just going to ask a question. Oh, fuck. This is the one I've learned really intensely recently. I've had some great fukaktas in the last two weeks where if I just didn't jump to my most righteous, informed conclusion about how fucking loving I am and how dare they and that, and oh, if I just would have asked a simple question, there would have been peace. I jumped to conclusions and created so much chaos. But even that, i it's an opportunity to find my guiltlessness in my guilt. So I fucked up by jumping to a conclusion, by placing blame 
where I could have placed inquiry. And in doing that, I ask for forgiveness. So sorry. Uh, I forgive myself. Ah, you were trying. Understandable. And I can move into atonement, which is, I saw the mistake, and I realized, actually in God's eyes, wasn't a mistake. Just trying my best, and the foundation of me is love. And oh, here I am, saw the light, will, with all my effort, attempt to not do it again. Yeah, self-forgiveness. Free will. That's the choice. Free will and forgiveness. Those are that's another sisterhood. Free will, I think, is the most brilliant cosmological design. You are your own guru, to use an overused word. Yeah, and that lets me off the hook because I don't have ten steps or a quick fix for anything that I'm gonna bring up as issues of suffering or conflict in this whole podcast series. I really just have some personal learnings, um, deeply personal. I'm going to share with you all my stuff, show you the uh, my, the underpants in my cosmic drawer. And my hope is that you can just resonate with my pain <laughs> and my joy. I am really committed to kindness. I don't always get that right. There's lots I don't know about who I'm talking to, and I make assumptions about who I'm talking to. And that's where I can make some really innocent mistakes. But I endeavor to be kind. And I'm here to be useful. That's always my prayer. Use me. Just use me. This is a prayer to God, not to anybody else. (laughs) So I'm here to be useful now when you're in the struggle now when your life is good your life is good right now right for a lot of us a lot of us it really fucking blows but when your life is good but you know it could be so much better and by better i mean more tapped into the meaning more tapped into joy and sweetness more able here's what going from good to great is for me one of my definitions that we are more able to allow our suffering to just flow through us and leave us and be transformed into a nugget of wisdom instead of feeling less than or feeling like a loser because we're in pain and gripping onto that suffering and sucking on that suffering because it's so much of our identity because suffering gives us the right to ask for help You have the right to ask for help. You don't have to be in pain. You get to ask for help because you're in joy. And asking for help would help you feel even more joyful. Yeah. I want to be here for you now when you're in your longing, when you want to take your heart, your gorgeous, bleeding, beautiful, sexy heart, and you really really want to do something with it this lifetime. Hey, I'm just taking a minute to say, speaking of love, aren't we always speaking of love? Rather than taking advertising dollars for this episode, I'm just going to take one minute to tell you about a cause that affects all of us. The charitable organization I want to bring your attention to is V-Day. 
V-Day is a global activist movement to end violence against women and girls across the world. It was founded by Eve Ensler. You may know her work through Vagina Monologues or through the global uprising that is known as One Billion Rising, which is celebrated on February 14th, Valentine's Day, every year, where over a billion people take to the streets to dance for human justice. If you head to vday.org, you can make a tax-deductible donation in any amount, every dollar counts, towards supporting campaigns to end female genital mutilation, uh, rape being used as a tactic of war, girls being enslaved for human trafficking, and the list, unfortunately, goes on. What it needs is our love, our awareness, our dancing, and our dollars. vday.org. Please. Head on over. All right, if I haven't been opinionated enough, let me throw down a few more. I'm going to be talking about business. Definitely creativity with a capital C. uh, And certainly about money and commerce. Various points in this series. And by series, I mean probably for the rest of my life. I think it's too late in the day for business to be anything other than a vehicle for social and environmental healing. It's too late to make widgets and gidgets and cars just to make a profit. If you are only making a profit, you are pillaging the earth. You are living off of the sweat of someone else's back who deserves the same sense and manifestation of abundance that you are myopically working for. That's what I feel about business. We've got to have a triple bottom line. It's got to be about social contribution. It's got to be about environmental, not just respect, but environmental restoration. And then it's about the prosperity and sharing that prosperity in every way. I think the opposite of spiritualism is not necessarily materialism. I think it's greed. I think there's lots of, there's infinite beautiful things about our material reality, but it's greed that has fucked us. Yeah. I want to talk about the roots of greed. I'll give it to you right now. I won't do a whole podcast on it. Let me just riff. Greed can all be traced back to the hole in the soul that either comes from wounds that impacted us, the hurts we got from family of origin stuff, from being wee little people surrounded by wounded people who were trying their best, or we bring those wounds in from other lifetimes. And to patch those wounds, we live in a cycle sometimes many lifetimes, where we are looking for external validation. And that is the progenitor of greed. Want to know what else I think? I think loneliness is an epidemic. I believe that, let me switch gears, wellness 
is our natural state of being fundamental. This gets back to love being the true reality and that our growth, everything we long for, is not about fixing our brokenness, but just removing the obstacles to love. We're just going to take things out of our diet and out of the air and out of our psyches that are having an ill effect on our wellness. Yeah. I believe that love is what happens when we listen. If you want to love someone, just listen. So that that means that listening just might be the medicine for loneliness. Should I talk more about myself? I'm gonna, just so uh really set the foundation of uh, friendship. I'm a lazy vegan. And by that, it means sometimes, you know, if you're sitting in front of me and you had some bacon, I might just, just want to lick it. <laughs> I have no judgment over what you put in your mouth because I have been every, I have been a carnivore. I've been a vegetarian. I'm going to talk about food production in this series and why I eat the way that I eat. Yeah. I'm here because I have fought for my joy and I have some things to tell you about that. These days I fight less and I flow a lot more. I'm going to be talking about my own business. I'm a terrible manager, by the way, but I'm a really great leader. You're going to get some music along the way. I plan to use this space to platform some great music of independent artists and some classics. Music has saved my life more than once, the louder the better. I am a fan of functional medicine. You'll be hearing a lot about that. I'm a very uh, nuanced conspiracy theorist. I believe in the power of prayer. Someday here we might pray together. I love big hair. I love celery juice. I love making out. I love my girlfriends. I don't make out with my girlfriends. I'm hetero. Uh, girlfriends are my religion. I'm going to talk a lot about friendship. I will not be talking about hacking our way to anything. I'm not interested in hacking anything in my life. I don't even want to crush the fuck out of anything. I just want to live more, more deeply, more fully, more generously. Anything useful I have to offer, to impart, take what you want, leave the rest, stems from healing my own woundedness and uh, doing what I have to do to speak from the heart. It is not without fear. Is that true? Let me think about that as I'm sitting here in my living room with my candle going, do I speak fearlessly? You know, I think I show up without fear. The fear comes after I've shown up. Did I say the right thing? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, did I say anything hurtful? It's always a question. Uh, I believe that beauty heals us. Beauty in language, beauty in friendship, beauty in spaces. Um, the beauty that comes from protecting the land and the water. I'm interested in helping people, inspiring people, suggesting to people that we create homes with less eco-awful, shitty crap 
um, and foster communities, communities with more resources for happiness and intimacy and resiliency. Yeah. Self-agency. That's the sexiest term I have to offer these days. I'm really interested in self-agency. I, I think I just have a few jobs. These are big jobs for me while I'm on this planet. And I'm wondering if maybe you have signed up for the same job listing. I am here to love myself with a fierce gentleness. Yeah. And then extend that love to others. It doesn't mean that I believe that first you have to love yourself in order to love others because sometimes the mercy that you receive from love from somebody else cracks you open in a way that you can see your own lovability, yeah? But numero uno, I gotta love myself and then pass that on. The second bullet point on my job description. I am here on this planet. It's hard to talk about this without crying, to nourish my son's creativity. I want to, of course, I want to have him raise him into being a socially responsible, gorgeously kind human. But very specifically, I know that my karma with this kid is to nourish his his creative capacities. Yeah. Next on my job description. This is a declaration, and it's an invitation. I, Danielle Laporte, am here to help people realize that they have a choice in the matter, that you can choose grace when it's gritty, that you can choose love when there's indifference, that you can choose joy when there is despair. And maybe you can't leap from despair to joy, but you can choose the next most light life-affirming feeling from despair. You can choose a little bit of hope. And then from hope, maybe you still can't leap to joy, but you could move from hope to courage. And then maybe you still can't leap from courage to joy, but you can move from courage to delight. And then once you hit delight, you are, you are firmly on the, on the route to joy. Yeah. You have a say in the matter. You have a choice. This is self-agency. This is as sexy as it gets. That you can choose how you feel. You get to choose how you live. You get to choose how you love. And when you are aware of that, you are choosing how our future unfolds. Not just your future. I'm not just choosing mine. But we're connected. And together we're choosing how our future is unfolding. My prayer is that you agree now, or you will come to agree, we will have a quorum, that the choice is clear, that real love, capital real, capital love, is the solution. Real love is the solution to this fucked up mess that we live in, to this sacred opportunity of our times, and that we're going to get down to it that we are going to choose light when there's density, divinity in the chaos. We're going to choose compassion 
where there's greed. So this is a call. It's time. It's time to pick your side. And I hope you're going to choose the side that includes everyone. Yeah, see how that works? It's really taken me uh, about 20 years to realize that I'm a cheerleader. I thought I was too cool for that. (laughs) I thought I would be much cooler to be cynical. Not cynical. I've never really, I've never been a cynic. But uh, let's just say overly discerning. Sharpedly. That's not even a word. Uh, Yeah. So I've just realized that I'm a cheerleader. I'm going to shake my pom-poms for you. And I've also realized that I'm really easily distracted. And that that's actually a gift. It's part of being a creative. I just need to manage it. Uh, There's been a lot of revelations, realizations I'll be sharing. So I'm going to be your cheerleader. I'm going to be here for fierce encouragement. Uh, You can always count on a sermon. And we might pray. The intention really, in addition to alleviating suffering and amplifying joy, is to expand our definition of spirituality. So to conclude episode number one of this podcast, I'm going to leave you with this poem. And before I go, oh my goodness, crazy intense thanks for being here. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm recording this during Mercury Retrograde, but I feel so tender about showing up right now. So let me just move into poet mode. Spirituality is anxiety and fear, mercy and bliss. It's lying to yourself until the needle of truth pierces your life and stitches you whole. Spirituality is doing the dishes, and it's where you left your phone. Spirituality is how you touch yourself in the hot water at the end of the day, fingers into crevices, remembering home in fluid. It's divorce and replanting trees where they get more sun. It's summer in your chest from a single moment of selfless giving. It's so quiet, spirituality. It's cranked. It does not have its shit together, and it's right on time. Spirituality drops everything meaningless for the value of friendship. Spirituality says, just let everything else fall apart so we can hold on to each other's hearts. Right here. Right now. It's dirty. It's obsessive. It's deeply fucking concerned. Spirituality is crying in the kitchen for the state of the world and walking down the street bereft and, at the same time, amazed. Spirituality says, I pray you can see what I see and be free. She believed she would be victorious in her rage, and then she chose to forgive. She chose to forgive every single one of us. She atones. He atones. They atone. Spirituality is at one with itself, which was never divided to begin with. Scabs. Shame. Transmutation. Wet kisses. The Holy Cross. Desperation. Presence. The birth canal. 
everything it took to get there and everything it takes. Patience, right here, right now. She takes them in. He is poor judgment. They are refined wisdom. Spirituality makes mistakes and corrects them all with love like it never even happened. She's a time bender, that one. There is a rose oil from India that's put into clay pots and buried in soil for 10 years. That's spirituality. There's a man in the alley shooting up, chasing euphoria because anything other than that is a hellish lie. He is spirituality. Spirituality is self-hate. The harming father, the lonely bride, every broken pot made new in the light and glorious, something that is redeemed with care, ecstatic to exist, spirituality. Holding grudges until your beauty has calcified. Mirror images. Veronica wiping the blood and sweat from the face of Jesus the Christ. Punk rock motherfuckers. Coming home to your mother, spirituality is the mother of all mothers, the gentle destination, the fierce clarification, the hot mess and the holy order, extinct and reborn, attack and medicine, bitter, better, essential miraculousness, timeless eternity, spirituality is grocery shopping for God. You and me, holding hands, at war, learning to love our way into being home again and again until we all get this spirituality. Hey, so with every episode, I have created reflection cards that go with this content. What's a reflection card? Well, it's a list of deep, sometimes provocative, salient questions related to everything I have just discussed. You can use them as a journaling exercise. You can just think about them on your next walk. It's just a way for you to get in and reflect because really all I'm here for is to try and inspire everybody to live a little more reflectively and less reflexively. So on my site, you'll find them. Reflection cards. Get in there. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word. You can find me here in a new episode every Thursday and every Sunday with love.
Oh,